This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries. And um, as always, we just finished a 20-minute conversation on most of the stuff that we're going to discuss. A lot of it won't make it into uh, the podcast, but um, in light of, and that's hoping I get this and posted in time in light of the upcoming 9-11 memorial, uh, the 20-year celebration that's occurring tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, today is the 10th on Friday. That's occurring tomorrow on Saturday. We wanted to talk about, uh, first of all, remembering 9-11, but then also talk about all of the things that brought America and Christians together then, how we were unified but how we're divided over a lot of those same things today. Um, and last, uh, I think Wednesday night, I did a podcast with the moms group for the naps or nothing uh, moms group uh, for their podcast. And we talked about where they were during nine 11, uh, which is probably different from where Mark and I were because they're a lot younger than us. I think one of them said she was in second grade and her mom had to come pick her up from school. So, yeah. Uh, so let's start with that. Where where were you, Mark, on 9-11? I was working at my job in Minnesota. I was living in Minnesota then. And I was at uh, Southdale, Fairview Southdale Hospital in the scheduling office. And one of the nurses came running in saying... Something just hit the, the uh, power in New York. And like, so we all ran out to the lobby to see what was going on. And, and um, that's, that's where we were. And it was a very surreal moment. I mean, to see what was happening with the, with the planes. And then, you know, I live... Well, you do too. We live just an hour or so away from Flight 93 Memorial. Yeah. And um, I immediately got on the phone when I heard that went down to call some friends of mine that live up in that area and say, what's going on? Are you okay? And it hit close to you. Um, and it, it just was unreal emotions and the that that goes through you. I mean, I went from complete utter sadness and heartbreak to complete anger within just a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and everyone around me did. So 
um, it, it was it was a very like I said, very surreal moment. So, but you, where were you? Um, I was an executive at a telecommunications company. So um, I can remember initially uh, one of the uh, technicians in um, one of the service areas, because we had, you know, news on all the TVs was making a joke about what kind of idiot pilot can't see a building in front of you how could he make such a stupid mistake and you know everyone was laughing about it and joking about it and there was some oh my gosh none of those people probably survived i wonder about the building and then you know as it became the realization came through that this was not an accident um then we all went into like crisis mode and uh, it wasn't until later that evening because we were so busy you know trying to uh get um, telecommunications rerouted uh, uh, to keep people because all, all, all the telecommunications lines were just jammed. People were trying yeah. to through, so we were trying to help uh, work with other telecommunications agencies to get telecommunications rerouted for emergency use, but also uh, for so people could contact their families and get information. Um, it wasn't until later that night when I got home and our pastor, you know, called a bunch of the leaders and all the people to the church so that we could pray that it was like, and I was sharing this with the moms that I was talking to last night. I was like, I was, you know, just heartbroken because that's my hometown. Cause I asked them, I was like, imagine if you're somewhere else. Cause I was in Virginia and you see your hometown like Pittsburgh going through that, you, you're just like heartbroken. Your heart breaks. I mean, you're, you're sad about the, you're angry, you're sad, but I was like, this is my hometown and it's like in shatters. And I kind of stayed in that place for days, just really just heartbroken. So, um, I mean, anger, more anger came later as we moved towards the, the terror thing and, and more about here's the lives and the cleanup and all that stuff and whatever yeah. uh, that more of that came later. Uh, but it was really just kind of like seeing, you know, a place you love, you grew up and I know New York is a big city. So most people are like, that can't be your hometown. It's a big city. But um, I mean, I used to, I lived in Queens and uh, my friends and I for a weekend for us was we would go downtown in New York, catch a movie you know, we go visit some friends in Brooklyn. Uh, we go visit some friends out on Staten Island. Uh, and then we'd be home by night. I mean, that, yeah. that that's, that's just, you know, and this was, when I was like, you know, 12, 13, not like 17, 18. This is just right. what we did. We'd hop on a train, hop on the bus. And so, you know, spending time in Times Square or uh, Central Park or, you know, heading out to Brooklyn or um, out to Staten Island or wherever, that was just running around the city. So to see it in that state was just so, so heartbreaking. It's even bringing back emotions now. So, yeah, yeah, it, it was hard, but there was, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is the correct phrase. I don't want people to get mad, but the light at the end of the tunnel, which was the unity that came out of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, even in place. Like Minneapolis, which is so 
had now. There was just, there were candlelight vigils. There was walking down to St. Paul to the Capitol and doing prayer service at the Capitol with all of the different religions, different churches, different fellowships that were there. And not one person was caring about whether you were a Baptist or a Methodist or even a Muslim. You were there for one purpose, and that was to pray for those who were missing, that they'd be found, or, or the protection over the first responders. That was what we were doing, you know. Yeah. And um, that, that was that did bring hope, and that did bring some comfort, you know. Yeah. And it was encouraging to see at that time, because it's not like that today, our government put their political differences aside and political yeah. agendas aside and come together um, for the good of the nation and for the good of the people. Right. And it, it was really encouraging to see um, first responders from not just all over the United States, literally all over the world, acknowledge that brotherhood and say, hey, right. I'm there. How can I help? Right. Um, which I know I'm going to get some pushback for saying this. Even among first responders today, you there, you don't see that brotherhood. Uh, right. Uh, and and I, I, I hate to make people mad, but you know, this is what we do. We tell the truth. Yeah. And, and I and, mean, there there is brotherhood there, but it's not united brotherhood like you, you saw that day. It is not. And I've talked yeah, to mean, some, some first responders and said, why isn't that united brotherhood there? Why isn't there that camaraderie? And uh, some of them have said it's money. A lot of the, because this is a volunteer firefighter community. Um, um, yeah. you know, your, yours is as well, this whole area, not just one town, but this whole area, volunteer right. firefighter community, which growing up, I didn't even know such a thing existed. Um, yeah. so when I got here and I was like, oh, great, this would be a great community that would love to do nine 11 memorials. And I kept getting pushback and hesitancy and, um, even doing this one that we're putting together in Elizabeth tomorrow, uh, there was pushback. And I asked one of the firefighters that lives in Elizabeth, why all this pushback? And he said, it's money. A lot of, even though it's a volunteer firefighter community, uh, a lot of the fundraising and money and all that stuff has caused division, uh, which is why a lot of the communities are instead are going away from volunteer firefighters and going towards paid firefighters. And there's right. nothing wrong with paid firefighters, but the perception is that they're doing it uh, without any respect or thought or consideration of the volunteer firefighters. So instead of this camaraderie, you have this uh, um, competition. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, and, and again, sorry, if, if anyone's a firefighter out there, I have the utmost respect for firefighters and first responders but this is what I'm being told by firefighters is happening in our communities. And again, nothing wrong with uh, uh, those who are paid uh, to, to do it. Cause that, that's what I, that's all I knew in New York city. Those guys aren't yeah. volunteers. They're paid. Uh, but I guess, again, even there, we're not seeing the unity right. that we had 
on that day. And it's sad that the only thing that unites us is death and tragedy. Yeah. And, and I'm probably going to get hit for this one, but sad thing is that's not even doing it now. Mm. Yeah. You're going to get hit for that one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, it but is. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Death, death and tragedy is not even uniting us now. Well, I, um, I, uh, go ahead. It, go ahead. It, it's just, and I'm not talking about uniting the church. I'm talking about uniting the country. We, we are so divided. We are more divided today than I believe we were even during the Civil War time. And, and that's, a, that's a big statement. But if you look at what was going on back then and you look at what's going on now, it's a whole different division of things. Yeah, I, I would even go so far as to say that right now, America is in the midst of an unphysical civil war. Yeah, I, I agree. We're, I not, agree. we're not fighting against each other with guns and whatever, but lines have been drawn. Uh, political and the pandemic has further divided um, yeah. divided us uh, over mass mandates and vaccinations. Um, and again, we have to say this, if you feel like you need to get the vaccine, go get it to keep your family safe or whatever, do that. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that the division that his, it has caused is brutal. Yeah, there, especially within the body of Christ. Right. And and there's more division in in in, in not just the vaccine, not just all that social division, economic division, political division, as you said. There's such a divide. I mean, it's not just one or two things. It is a multitude of things that we've we're looking at we never looked at before hmm. you know um the the, the uh, what do you call it? cancel culture that's out there taking down statues of, of civil war heroes whether you agree with them or not they're still a hero and you're taking down statues of them and you're taking down you know, the people want to rewrite the, the national anthem because it's offensive. You know, if we are going to be offended by everything that is in front of us, then we might as well climb in a hole, throw the dirt over top of us and say, I'm not getting out of this hole forever. Yeah, and I, well, we've, we've said this before, the cancel culture doesn't work because it's basically saying, hey, I don't agree with right. X, so we need to cancel it or X. This person has done a bad thing. So we need to cancel it. Here's the problem. The people that are trying to cancel it. They're not perfect. They've got bad things in their, their, their history as well. Um, and uh, the very fact of saying, I don't agree with X. We need to cancel it. Doesn't work because if you don't agree with the cancel culture, can you cancel that? Yeah. I mean, but but that's just one division. You know, that's what is dividing us. That mentality type thing. 
Well, so. I think from a Christian perspective, what's dividing us more is just the lack of understanding of what the Christian priority is. Because it 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 makes my hair stand on end. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> makes my hair stand on end. I mean, like the hair on my arms and that kind of thing. Like, oh my gosh, when I hear people say, well, we our priority is to make this a Christian nation. No, it's not. That is nowhere in the Bible. Uh, yeah. That tells me that you have one, either no good biblical teaching or two, uh, don't read your Bible because nowhere does, does the Bible mandate us to make this a Christian nation. No, That's no. not why the church exists. Um, and it can't be why the church exists because then that would defy the people from other nations trying to do the same thing in their nation. Right. And the goal isn't to make this a Christian nation. The goal is to tell people about God's kingdom. Our focus is not supposed to be on lifting up the United States. It's supposed to be, yeah, we want to, you know, we have rights. We have privileges. We want to honor that. You should vote, do all of that good stuff. But our main responsibility is to exalt the kingdom of God, uh, to, to share the gospel, to tell people about his grace, his goodness, his love, and, um, the forgiveness of sins that he offers to all humanity, our goal is not to make this a Christian nation. Right. And, and, and people get it wrong because they say, well, we were founded on Christian principles, but therefore we are a Christian nation. Yes, we were founded on Christian values and Christian principles. That does not make us a Christian nation. It's like, I believe, and I love the water, that doesn't make me a fish. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how much I want to be one. Um, it, it just doesn't, it, it's not biblical. It's not there. Well, the other thing is, even if, I mean, yes, we were founded on, on Christian morals and, and biblicals and all that stuff, but I, that's not the mandate that we have. And I think part of the problem is, again, you know, we've said this before, blame the pulpit, lack of good biblical teaching. But also, right. I think there are many pastors who not only do they not teach the Bible um, so people don't understand what the true Christian mandate is, but they embrace a political perspective. And I'm not saying you can't talk about politics from the pulpit. Uh, I do all the time, you do, uh, but it's not to try to preach here's what god says about politics it's more just you know hey pray before you go vote definitely go vote uh here's the uh, respect for the freedoms that we have as american people but i don't think we 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 focus enough on uh the loving the people that disagree with us don't look like us don't believe us yeah the people that's you know if I'm all for wearing a mask, the people that don't want to wear a mask, I'm still supposed to love them. If I'm against wearing a mask, the people that say everyone should be masked up, I'm still supposed to love them. If I'm against uh, getting a shot, the, the, the vaccine, I'm still supposed to love those who are for it. If I'm all for it, I'm still supposed to love those who are against it. And we have pastors who are instead of sharing that, hey, love them and let's reconcile, they're 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 picking a agenda and a side and they're pushing their people on that agenda and that side which yeah. is not something like after 9 11 <clears throat> one of the things that I, I i respected was that pretty much you could go into any 
church in America weeks after, and you were hearing the same message yeah. about unity, about love, how we should be there for one another on some scale. Some people were still, yeah, I'm still going to teach through Leviticus. I'm still going to teach you whatever. But in that, they would include, hey, we are one people. We need to be together. We need to help one another. We can get one another through this. But now you're not hearing that. Now you're hearing pastors say, hey, we're right. And if Pastor Mark disagrees with me, then, uh, you know, you need to leave Pastor Mark's church because he's killing people because he's not wearing a mask and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um I, I agree. I agree. Um, like you said, it goes back to the pulpit. And, and the, I'll take it even a step further. It goes back to the seminaries and in the, in the, where preachers are being trained. Because pastors and preachers are not being trained to teach the Bible anymore. They're being trained to teach their ideas of the Bible. Or an agenda. Or their perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and that is that is where that's where we all start. Take it back a step further. It goes back to whoever is standing in that pulpit needs to get back into the Bible and back to God and loving God and loving others the way God commanded us to do. Because the church is going to follow whatever the man up in the front is saying now while that being said there are also a lot of god honoring pastors who are trying to teach the truth and they're being run out of their churches exactly by the you know people flying the flag of you know division separation or whatever um i i agree and i and i you know and i wasn't trying to say there wasn't a lot of pastors there are a lot of pastors that are teaching the truth um like we talked about earlier, this is not totally unexpected. I mean, the Bible says that in the latter days, it's going to happen. People are going to be more selfish. People are going to be more hateful towards one another. They're going to be more um, divisive between one another than ever before. And we are seeing that being played out right before our eyes. Again, another reason why we blame it on the pulpit because the pulpit, in, in a lot of cases, many pulpits are not teaching this is what's going to happen. And why Christians need to be stronger and standing up more for their faith than ever before. Well, so let me ask a question. We're going to get to the heart of why we do this podcast. So what should be the Christian response. And um, I, I have to say this, when I say Christian response, um, I'm saying what should be the response of the Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled Christ follower? Not the person who says I'm a Christian because I've been sitting in the pews all that long, but the person uh, who has the Spirit of God, who wants to do the right thing. How do they respond to um, all this division and... Uh, just, just the place we are today. And again, if you're listening, I feel like we've been talking about the same division topic for the last couple of episodes. And we probably have because the whole thing we talk about is responding to what's going on in the culture. And the culture has maintained and stayed in this place of being divided throughout this pandemic. So what should be the Christian response? And let me preface this with, I know I can see it forming on your lips. First and foremost, yes, pray. 
that we should pray. But go ahead and expound on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the first and foremost. Before we can do anything else, before we can and move forward with any kind of change, we have to be willing to change ourselves. And the only way we can change ourselves is to let the one who made us change us. Hmm. So in order for us to see what that is, we need to dig into his word. We need to understand what it means to be persecuted, what it means to be suffer, what it means to go through that and what it means to forgive. I just pretty much described who Jesus is. He suffered. He was persecuted. He taught us to love and he he taught us to forgive. And if we go and look at what he said about forgiveness, about loving, I mean, he said the best way to show your love is to lay down your life for someone. That includes someone you don't like. Yeah. You know, um, there, there is no way, and, and I'm going to get probably pushed back on this too. There is no way you can call yourself a Christian and have hate for anyone else on this earth. Period. That, that is true. I mean, there is just no way you can do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Pope. I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're Billy Graham. You cannot say any, you cannot have hate in your heart and call yourself a true Bible believing spirit, spirit filled believer. If you have hate for anyone. Now I, let me preface that and say that doesn't mean you necessarily agree with everything that they say, everything that they do, especially if it's an ungodly behavior. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons I'm not too fond of that phrase that says, you know, um, hate the sin, but love the sinner. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, I used to say it all the time and now I don't. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, and, and it's technically right. It just, because it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not about just hating the sin and loving the sinner. It's about loving the sinner enough to, even if he continues to sin, yeah. um, am I still going to continue to, to love him? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that is the, that is the hard, difficult question that we all face is if that person is so bad to me, Am I still going to love them? And my answer is yes. I may not associate with them anymore. I'm still going to love them. Yeah. There's ways that we can love someone and just walking away from them. I mean, that may be the best way to love them is to walk away from a tough situation. And I know that's going to be, that's hard because we have family members that, you know, we don't, particularly like we are called to love them you yeah. know uh th- there's just so much and and so i my first thing is to pray my first next thing is to get right with god myself make sure i can do what god commanding me to do which is love others mm-hmm. um 
So I have to get that right. And then it's to show love. And what I mean by that is, you know, not necessarily physically showing them necessarily, but being respectful. Being, that's showing love. Being respectful is showing love. Yeah. I mean, if someone sees me on the street that I don't particularly care about and don't particularly like, I have to love them. I won't go out of my way to go over and say, how you doing today? You know, I kind of just go by. But God says take that extra step. Go out of your way to say hi to that person that is a thorn in your flesh. Yeah. You know? Um, so that, that those are a couple of things that I think that are important to, to do right off the bat. Um, I know you probably have some other ideas. Well, I, I, I really think the first thing to, to ask is a couple of questions. One is my perspective on this divided issue. Um, don't ask, is it right? Because we're all going to say, yes, our perspective is right. Otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I thought it was the wrong perspective, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it. Uh, but here's a question asked, is my perspective on this divided issue biblical? That's, that's, that's an important question. Does the Bible defend my perspective? And then here's the second thing, is my perspective God-honoring? Like the perspective that I'm holding, is it God honoring? And both of these, can I biblical? Can I back it up with scripture? Is it God honoring? Does God would God honor the stance that I'm taking? And if a stance that I'm taking is I'm going to hate or not associate with or not love you because of something else, would God honor that? And you and you have to be honest with yourself, knowing that God, you know, died for that person just like He did for me, mm -hmm. um, especially if it's another Christian. Um, so. Uh, and I, I actually would flip those. I would put, is it God honoring first before? Oh yeah. You can do them which, whichever order. You know, just because we, our main purpose is to honor God, not to honor a man. Yeah. So is it God honoring? Is it biblical? And here's the, the most important one um, is, does it prevent me from doing the two things? that God calls me to do loving him and loving others. Yeah. And after I sit back and assess all those, that doesn't mean I won't still have that perspective, but I may not fight as hard for it. Um, you know, there's probably some perspectives that I have on things that they're not God honoring. I still think I'm right, but I can't go to bat for those things because they probably would not honor God. Right. So uh, I, I this that's where I submit myself to God and say, OK, even though, you know, uh, and I've said this before, I still disagree with God. I don't think I should have to love people who hate me for the color of my skin. And every single day I am reminded of that because I hear someone say something or someone look at me or whatever that reminds me of that. But then I have to go, well, is my perspective. Uh, like you said, start with God honoring. No, it's not. Because if I want to God, honor God, then I have to love them, even though I don't think I should. So I, I can't even go through the rest of the questions because I have to stop right there. Right. So, um, and, and that's that's doing exactly what David did in the Psalms when he says, 
Search me, O God. See if there's any wicked way in me. Well, not loving someone's not wicked. According to God, not loving someone is very wicked. Because God's main commandments were to love him, love others. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make this charge uh, the four people that listen to this. Um, uh, yeah, we found out we have a new listener. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the four people that listen to this is first and foremost, no matter what your perspective is uh, on any of these things about which we are divided. Um, and when I made a TikTok about this the other day about, you know, division, uh, I just got so many comments that were heartbreaking about people saying, yeah, my family doesn't talk to me anymore because I won't get this shot or my family won't talk any talk to me anymore because I did get this shot or my family, you know, they've disowned me because I won't wear a mask or they've disowned me because I do. And these are church people who are responding to this and they're like, yeah, I can't go to church anymore because uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So um, I'm going to make this, 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 this charge. If you're listening to this and if you are a Christian and again, like we said before, if you if you've stepped across the line of faith and you're a spirit-filled Bible-believing Christ follower, and if you have a perspective, we all have a perspective or position on either of these things, ask yourself, first and foremost, do what Mark said, pray, right? That's the most important, pray. Uh, be ready and committed to show the love of Christ. And then ask yourself these questions. Is your perspective on these divided issues, whether it's masks or mandates or, or you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever, is it God-honoring? Then ask yourself, is it biblical? Can you back up your position? And it's not saying, can I back up being a Democrat or back up being a Republican with the Bible? It's saying, can I back up hating Democrats or hating Republicans or whatever your position is? One of those divisive things. Uh, so is it God-honoring? Is it biblical? And then the third question, and you've got to answer all three, does your position prevent you from loving God and loving others. And if, you know, you're honest with yourself, then like Mark said, hopefully you will sit down uh, and do like David says, Hey, search me God and help me, help me bring to light where I need to change in these areas and allow God to change you. Um, because maybe that's the, the best place to start is coming to the realization that a lot of the, the, perspectives we have aren't from God. They're from people. They're from our upbringing. They're from our culture. Nothing wrong with that. But if we're Christ followers, then we've got to be willing to change yeah. and do what Christ wants and operate in a way that's God on our. And, and I think half of the problems could be solved in the church. And I'm talking the church now, not outside. Most of the problems can be solved in the church. On division, when we take our eyes off of this world, we put our eyes in the citizenship that we have in Christ Jesus. When we realize that this is all temporary, what I do for eternity is what really matters. Um, it doesn't matter if I get a name here on earth. It doesn't matter if I get added on the back here on earth my reward is not here my reward is in heaven so when we focus 
to refocus our vision to see Jesus and his kingdom instead of man in our kingdom. That should change our lives forever. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I would challenge people to do is refocus and focus not on our citizenship here on earth, but focus on our citizenship we have in Christ in heaven. Yeah, and I think what people don't get is that um, we won't, we won't, and, and I'm trying to find a way to say it, we won't have the choices of Democrat or Republican we're heaven because we'll be under a theocracy uh, we won't have the concerns about well i don't want to be around black people white people hispanic people uh, middle eastern people asian people whatever because god wants people from every nation and tribe so a lot of the things that we are this is why i don't understand if you're a christian a lot of the things that we are dividing over don't make any sense uh, I, you can have a, a, a perspective or a thought process on it, but for me to go to bat and fight and hate against these things for which I'm going to have to put up with anyway in heaven, right? you know, makes no sense to me. It's like, why am I wasting my time getting used to something um, that, that really doesn't impact eternity? Yeah. Yeah. Because you think about our time here on earth. Our time here on earth, is, as James says, is like a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so small compared to where we will spend eternity. Yeah. And, and those who are sitting in the church, who are hating on one another, who are dividing the church with one another, they are going to wake up most of them and find themselves in the pit of hell instead I, of in the eyes of Jesus. I think almost all of them will. And and that's what that's what scares me so much as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a teacher, is to say that I love them enough to share with them that. Not my viewpoint. God's viewpoint says we have to love one another. Yeah. We have to get rid of the division. Yeah. I, if, 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 if you're listening to this, I encourage you to share with your pastor uh, to just to, to push that point in more of their messages. The unity aspect that we heard during 9-11 and, and like every church across America uh, and every missionary outside of the United States was 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 focused on unity, the love of Christ, um, 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 the evangelical aspect of the message and, and, and the sharing of the gospel uh, was more focused, but just the unity that we need one another, we need to be there for one another, and we need to love one another. Yeah. And um, just... And, and remember, we have given up all rights when we come become a Christian, when we become a true follower of Jesus Christ, spirit-filled spirit and baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
flavor of Jesus Christ, we forfeit all of our rights, period. Yeah, we're, we're, we're now a part of the kingdom. Right. Uh, so we're all about his, his kingdom. It's, and it's called the king's domain because that's where the king's will is done. Not right. Floyd's will, not Mark's will, not the pastor's will, not the democratic will, not the Republican will. Uh, the king of king and lord of lords, his will be done. Right. Uh, that's why, what we pray in the, the Lord's prayer. You know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. Um, and in heaven, uh, no one's pushing the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. Uh, no one's, uh, you know, hating one another over mandates or whatever. Um, everyone is bowing down and just giving all glory and honor to God. Uh, so we need to do a lot more of that. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, unless you have any other thoughts or comments, we're going to yeah. close out this podcast. I'm going to reiterate. I'm actually going to post this in the notes uh, that, you know, every single Christian, if you're divided over these issues, uh, first and foremost, pray. Um, and then ask yourself, is your perspective on this issue that you're divided over. And again, it's not that we can't have, you can't be Democrat, Republican, you can't have a perspective on mass and mandates, but if you're pushing other people away, hating people because they don't share your perspective, then you have to ask yourself, is that perspective that you have, uh, is it first and foremost, like Mark said, pray, uh, but is it God honoring? Uh, is your choice to push people or hate people, uh, push people away or hate them, because they don't share your perspective, is that biblical? And does your position prevent you from doing the two things that we're all required, not called, required to do, love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul, and love others like we love ourselves? And if your position prevents you from doing that, then that's where, like Mark said, you need to yield and submit to the will of God and not the will of whoever's you know, whatever's pushing you to drive that. So uh, we're going to post that in the show notes. I'm also going to add, if you do listen to us, you know, write a review on wherever you listen. Uh, if you listen to it on um, iTunes or Google Play podcast, uh, write a review. Um, you can contact us both. I don't remember if our contact information is in the podcast information. If not, I'll make sure it's there. Contact us if you want to respond, if you have questions, if you want to hear uh, more information or there's specific information you want to hear about. Uh, also, I will do a shout out for, uh, we have a, uh, both Mark and I participate in a live stream Q&A where a uh, panel of pastors, we just talk about and answer questions. It's called Faith Pittsburgh. Um, uh, they have a Facebook page and next Friday, I forget what time one, I think one, one or two, one or two, uh, we'll be live streaming to that page, answering questions. And even if you respond after, uh, the, uh, person in charge of that, Mike Ranovitz, he's really good at responding to questions and, and even after the fact. So even after the live stream stops, because some people watch it later, um, feel free to submit your questions there or if you have information. And I think we're going to be talking about uh, some of the most popular atheistic. Atheist. Yeah. Atheist, atheist responses against Christianity. Yeah. Um, and if you have any 
topics that you would like us to discuss, drop them in the notes. Yeah, drop them so in the notes. Can, we're always looking for ideas and, and things to talk about on our podcast. So we want you to be involved um, in this because we are all involved in the family of God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Mark to pray and then we'll uh, end this episode of the podcast. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to get together and to share with one another. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you do comfort those who are directly affected by 9-11, which pretty much is all of us, but I mean the families that were there, that the first responder families, the the people that were in the buildings, the, the 3,000 people that, the families of the 3,000 people that, that perished that day. Lord, we just ask that you give them a special comfort and a special peace tomorrow. Lord, that um, we just ask that you would just give us as a nation um, that united feeling again, Lord. <coughs> And let that united feeling, let that unitedness come with you as the center. Lord, not praying that we become a Christian nation, as Floyd said in the beginning, because we're not. That we will become a more um, Christ-wearing nation. We would be more aware of your presence. We'd be more aware of your your working in our lives. Help us to love one another. Help us as a church to just defeat Satan and and instead of being divided, be united in you. And Lord, we just ask this in your name, in your glory. Amen. 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 Uh, and just a reminder, if you're able to go join a, uh, a memorial service somewhere, obviously there'll be big ones, you know, in New York, uh, Pentagon, um, or somewhere around the Pentagon. Um, memorial 93 has one tomorrow as well. Yeah, Memorial 93. Uh, I know there are ones all over our area. In the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Um, my prayer would be that it wouldn't just be a 20-year one, that we would do it every year. Um, that they won't wait and say, oh, let's do it on the 25th and then the 30th, that every year, not only would we honor uh, the men and women who lost their lives in all of those attacks um, around our nation, but we would also respect, pay respect and honor to the men and women, uh, all the first responders who continue to keep our community safe uh, because they deserve to be recognized as well. Uh, that being said, pray you guys join... And join someone for Sunday celebration, no matter where you're at, if you yeah. can, either online or in person, and go joining that celebration expecting Jesus to show up.